1: losers this is the lady killers of feminine rage podcast i'm jen i'm sammy i'm rocco and i'm may
2: our podcast is a tribute to the female identifying killers in horror and more
1: each episode will feature us your supreme court of female murderers discussing our favorite lady killers from your julia's and jennifer's to your carrie's and christine's
2: We'll tell her story, decide if it's good for her horror, and answer the most important question of all, would we die for her?
1: Join us on Thursdays as we pull on our sweaters, snatch our ice picks, sharpen our scissors, and honor the lady killers who live on the silver screen. No boys were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yet. Greetings, Constant listeners. It's Jen Badgunky Adams. What you're about to hear is a clip from our exclusive Patreon episode in which the losers recap and review episodes 5 and 6 of Apple TV's Lisey Story, specifically The Good Brother and Now You Must Be Still. How do you hear the full thing? Become a librarian over at our Patreon. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash thebarons. Hope to see you there over long days and pleasant nights.
2: This is our third episode recapping the show. We've been doing it in two episode installments, as I'm sure you know if you're on five and since <laughs> five and six. So that's our thing today. We're going to talk about episodes five and six. Five aired last week, six aired uh, just last night, uh, and we're here to talk about it. So there's a lot to break down here. But before we get going, let's go around and introduce our panel. Mike, say hello.
3: Hello, this is Michael, Rotten Tomatoes gives Leesy's story fifty-five percent based on sixty-four reviews, with an average what? rating of five point nine five out of ten. On that's crazy, Rothman. Um, I actually had Wikipedia open, and I was going to try to find a really random name to put for my middle uh, <laughs> nickname. <laughs> and the only I, I had it scanned over reception for <laughs> by accident. Couldn't you just do Michael Pitt? Rothman? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're going to take that over again. Yeah, Yeah, Michael, hey. Let's run it back. Let's run it back. (laughs) All right. Hey, this is Michael (laughs) Last Days Pit. (laughs) <laughs> Rothman, not bad, not bad. Um, very, very excited to come back and talk Lisi's story. I feel like it's a it's a story that we all know, and and it's a story that I continue to keep talking about. Mm,
1: uh,
2: well, yeah, we definitely all know it by this point. We've been spending a lot of time in Booyah Moon, yeah. Uh, which uh, I know is a favorite place of another one of our hosts, uh, Jen. Say hello.
1: Hi, this is Jen Michael Pitt Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good. Uh, Yes, topical. Reporting live from Booyah Moon. So, yes, I am very, very familiar with Lacey's story at this point.
2: (laughs) Well, we're about to get even more familiar. Thanks to our next panelist. Say hello.
4: Well, this is uh, Jennifer Justin Lee Gerber. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to be back, talking all things Booyah, Bad Gunky baby love, and other uh, lovely phrases that the Landons like to say to each other. Oh, yeah, they <laughs> love those phrases. I'm also looking I, forward to figuring out, because again, I, I read this book so long ago that I honestly don't remember a lot of what happened in the book, so uh, hopefully we can, or you, you three can explain to me what, what is different so far. Yeah, um, yeah. If you can I mean, remember.
2: I, it's a lot of condensing, I feel yeah. like, is yeah. a yeah. lot of what's happening here. There's a lot of characters who are merged, um, and but yeah, I feel like the story is relatively, uh, you know, beholden to it. And also, cap- I think the big thing is it captures the structure. Because the structure mm-hmm. of the book is can be tough to follow. There's a lot of timeline jumping, just like this. Uh, and that kind of elliptical storytelling, which can be really confusing mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you're watching it. So I think that's why a recap episode like this is very helpful. Um, so we're going to break that all down. But I do want to touch back on something you said, Mike. You brought up the Rotten Tomatoes score. And um, I'm... I'm I'm surprised it's that low. I am too. Because Mm -hmm. I do remember it wasn't getting like amazing reviews when it came out. And uh, but I have to say more than aside from like Ted Lasso, I feel like this is the most, at least on my social media circles, the most I've seen anybody talk about an Apple TV show. What's amazing is uh, it's at
4: 48 on Metacritic, which is even worse than that. Wow, that's I wonder so, what
3: it is because so staggering. Because I, I see a lot,
2: I see a lot of people on my timeline say that like they love this, and yeah. um, and so I don't know. I think there, I will say, I think there is something a little bit alienating about the structure and sure. the sort of like the theatrics of it, you know, because there, you know, I think the score. This is something we've talked about. Is so um, intrusive, not to say in a bad way. It's just um, I think that there's almost this operatic quality to it that pairs with. Julianne Moore, you know, being kind of the one of the greatest yellers in uh, in in uh, film and television history, uh, mm-hmm. I think that this show can be in some ways abrasive. I think for people, um, yeah, I and think that's a good book word. Is, yeah, the book is, I think, is is similar in that regard, and it's dealing with such intense themes. I mean, we're dealing with with cutting and and thing and mental illness in very unvarnished ways. I think, yeah. especially in these two episodes, it's mm-hmm. a theme we can discuss. Is I think these are the two episodes where they're really. More so than the book, uh, doing a big job of linking the lore and the mythology with... mental illness and like uh, Mm -hmm. the idea of like why people hurt themselves or cut themselves and the idea of, of disassociating from life. Um, Those are things that are sort of buried within the lore of Lisi's story. And here they're sort of made explicit in the realm of mental health. And I think that that is uh, a running theme I saw throughout these two episodes Mm -hmm. uh, that I think is in the book, but it's laid out more explicitly here. Would you guys say you agree with that?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it can be a very punishing watch. You know, and, and yeah. I think recent criticism, not just of this, but just of pop art in general is um, whether or not something's got a lot of humor in it. And yeah. really, you can count maybe on one hand, especially in episode six, mm-hmm. the amount of humor that can be found in the show. So, I know. you know, yeah, it's like, like thank I, that's you, a, Jennifer a, that's Jason a criticism Lane. against it. I, and I kind of, I get the criticisms, but I'm, I'm, overall, I'm still enjoying the show.
3: Yeah, me too. And honestly, like the only time you really do get any humor, it's like gallows humor, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it is a very yeah. dour experience, but the thing is, is that, I mean, that's what Apple TV plus is going for, you know, like with the exception of like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Ted Lasso has some dr- really hard d- dramatic beats on it. So I think what happens is that this is actually going to work, I think for them in the long run, because like, look, Stephen King's a brand, it's an IP, they have it in their inventory forever. This is mm-hmm. the adaptation of this book. So it's always going mm-hmm. to be tied to the Apple TV Plus library. So I think like right now, initially, I think you're right, Justin. I think that they're, they're, the abrasive television isn't exactly what people are looking out for. I mean, I think a lot of people are really... I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why reality television is thriving so much right now is because we're a culture that really wants to keep moving, especially considering mm-hmm. we were quarantined for so long. And I mm-hmm. don't think this show is arriving at a great time, you know? Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, like we, when you really think about like the themes and... The, the, the fact that it te- technically is a course chamber drama like it's a very sequestered mm-hmm. um, almost claustrophobic narrative when you think about it especially when you even in every beat I mean with the exception of maybe Booyah Moon which even that has a claustrophobic notion and quality to it it's kind of like the the antithesis of what people would want to watch right now. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, well, and it makes it's very sense. wintry, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the mm-hmm.
1: sweaters, you know, it just has this really wintry feel, and I wonder if this is when it was supposed to drop mm-hmm. or if things got like shuffled around or something you know and it's funny like I feel like this is a really all or nothing show Mm -hmm. because all the things that y'all were talking about are the reasons that I love it and I'm really into it and I love the way like I've got a lot of thoughts about how it makes mental illness visible you know which is something Mm -hmm. I think a lot of shows struggle with Um, but it reminds me I can't remember if we've talked about this before but like it reminds me of 30 Rock like people that say they don't like 30 Rock like well are you second screening it are you paying attention Mm. and I don't want to say that condescendingly but I feel like like if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss something and you have no clue what's
2: going on. When you said 30 Rock, I was just like,
1: where's she going
4: with this? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, 30 Rock did a great job handling mental illness. They did, (laughs) yeah. But no, I
2: agree. I I really do think that it's something you have to commit yourself to and that isn't, Mm -hmm. and I I think if anything right now, we want shows that we don't have to like Mm I don't know, give ourselves over to at this point. I think, yeah. uh, I think, and I don't know. I think that that's very true. And I will say, I really, I really am enjoying this show. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I find it enriching afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a fun show to talk about. It's a fun show to think about. And it's, it's, it's something where I also really feel like it's a really strong vision that's executed with a lot of grace and a lot of, um, love. Um, like I feel like Pablo Lorraine really loves this story. And I feel like the composers do and the actors do, because there is this like really fierce commitment, Mm -hmm. um, that I think can also be abrasive. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of, but the thing is all of that is, is clouded in a lot of anguish Mm -hmm. and like, um, like, Episode five to me was a really punishing episode. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk more about it, but I mean, this is an episode where you've got children just being fucking like physically mangled and destroyed, and it's like mm-hmm. and beaten and cut, and it's a really hard thing to watch. And like and like all that whole the farm, the Landon farm, where a lot of episode five takes place,
4: it's a horrible place mm-hmm. to spend time. It <laughs> is. Well, I, I know, was thinking so the same gross.
3: thing. Yeah.